what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. I'm with the band, your front row ticket to interviews and jam sessions with up-and-coming artists. Hey, this is Chad Austin, and today on I'm With a Band on The Mesh, we have Dr. David Abernathy from the band Pudding Stone. They've been around for almost 30 years, and we're going to find out just what a Pudding Stone is and what makes one tick. Let's take a listen. Today on The Mesh, we have Pudding Stone and Dr. David Abernathy leader of Pudding Stone. How are you doing today, David? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Now that you're here, we've waited <laughs> here for two hours for you. We're supposed to have been here at two o'clock today. Oh, no, I, you know, I was told 3.30. Did you not get you the musicians are? We did you not get the memo? No, we didn't get the memo. M.M., please make a note of the memo. <laughs> More importantly, we can't read either. So that's right. They're just dumb drummers. <laughs> no, that's, you know what, let's start with that. So you are the drummer for Pudding Stone. Well, I play a lot of things in Pudding Stone, but I, I was trained in percussion in my youth. In Pudding Stone, I play uh, hammer dulcimer, which is kind of like drumming. You know, sure, sure. It's percussive. To death. Absolutely. You know, it just has to be a stringed instrument. And uh, penny whistle and uh, a little bit of harp and percussion and um, flutes of different types. You guys have been around for a long time. I don't even know the exact date. When, when did you guys first get together? Uh, in 1976, Mike Willis, who's my oldest friend, and I got together. Uh, I happened to be his section leader at Lenora High School back when we were kids. And he went off to school different places, and I went off to different places. And we got back together in 76, and uh, I said, guess what I'm playing now? I'm playing a hammer dulcimer. He said, guess what I'm playing? I'm playing a harp. And so we put the two together, and that's how Putting Song started. Really? Mm-hmm. So when was your first album? Well, we didn't make an album. Actually, it was only a tape. Uh, we sold it uh, sometime around 1981, I think, was our first one. And it's called Whistle Strings and Things. We've never revamped it. It was just uh, our first effort at trying to record. And really? At that time, it was a trio that we'd moved up and had a flautist with us at the time. So... I remember I used to hear some trivia out though to you. I used to be the manager for the sound shop in the Lenore Mall, mm-hmm. and we sold one of your albums there, which I have somewhere, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a CD. So this would have been ninety one to ninety two. Yes. Now in ninety one, <clears throat> we began to add. Well, we added to the band along around eighty six or so, and started growing the band. And at that time, we added a fellow by the name of Glenn Hefner, who was a keyboardist. Glenn from Fantasy from Music. Lorraine. And uh, owned a synthesizer shop in Granite Falls. Fantasy on, Music. That's right, on 321. That's right. So we added Glenn. And then shortly after that, I had conducted, uh, musically conducted Sweeney Todd at the community college. And uh, Chuck uh, Yoder was Sweeney. And that's how I met Denise Baxter Yoder, who was his wife. And, and my sixth grade teacher. That's she, right. ha- she hates for me to say that. <laughs> hates it. Hey, Denise, since. Uh, just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, well, she didn't like me announcing that she was a teacher uh, when we were in concert either, so right. I had to quit sort of doing that. 
Anyway, um, Denise called one day and said, um, could I audition for Pudding Stone? And I was looking for a storyteller at that time to sure. add to the music. So then it became five people. And then later we added Larry Hips as a guitarist. And I had met Larry through John Coffey, having played musicals with John and Larry at Hickory Community Theater for years and years and years. And so Larry joined us. And then uh, later we had, we've always had some shuffling and putting stone. Um, we added a fiddler, and the group became seven people, and uh, it is still seven people, but with different faces right now. Right. Now, unless I'm mistaken, Kay and Patrick Crouch. The new fiddler in the group and also banjo player is Patrick Crouch. I've known Patrick and Kay ever since I moved to Lenora back home in 1981, or 1980, actually. Uh, Patrick was a band director at that time, and mm-hmm. Kay was teaching, or is still teaching, I think, at the community college. I had her at the community college as well. Yep. Yeah. And they Show have their own age. music group. Uh, you know, they, they're strictly clean and decent. They're a bluegrass right. band. Yep. And Patrick is a huge supporter of music in Caldwell County in western North Carolina. And one of the things he has is the Caldwell uh, Musician Show in March, which generally is a bluegrass gathering. But not always. I, I hope the listeners can appreciate the the membership that has been in Pudding, in Pudding Stone because it is such a rich history. I mean, those people are, are like you said, with uh, uh, with Patrick being such a big supporter of local music. But really, uh, Patrick is, Kay is a big supporter, and Denise is as well. Uh, now, the other members, I, I don't know as well, but I know the names. I, I know who they are and what what their roles in this, uh, you know, music around well, here. Well, we have a new uh, keyboardist. Actually, he's not new. Greg Knight has been with us before and helped us with two of our albums uh, back in the late 90s uh, and then left. He remarried and had uh, multiple responsibilities. He had his own software, still does business, and is creating software. And I think he just got really tied up with all of this, and sort of had to get out of Pudding Stone. But Greg is as wonderful a classical pianist as you'll find anywhere. Um, He's played with multiple symphonies all across the area, and um, I I can't speak highly enough of his his abilities. He brings a lot to Pudding Stone. He did back then. We kind of bore him, I think, in fact, because he's used to playing concertos and that kind of thing. And here I say, here, Greg, do some panning of some chords on a synthesizer, you know, and he's looking at me uh, like, oh, boy. Uh, but he said to me when he was leaving the first time, he says, one thing Pudding Stone has taught me is to listen. Right. You know, because a lot of what we do is up here in our heads. Right. Uh, it's not written down. And so if one of us has a stroke, we're out of luck. That's right. <laughs> we won't remember the piece, you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you mentioned Glenn Hefner, and I have a lot of uh, history with Glenn. And uh, I don't know where he's at now. He used to, he went to go uh, work for Elisis, I think, and become like a rep. He did, and he's still a rep. He's still selling, and I haven't seen him in years either. Uh, but I, I, Mike Willis, my harp is my friend, ran into him just the other day. And said that he was selling, I think, microphones or something like the high-end microphones. You know, I might have heard that too. Now, did you know the rest of the guys he was in uh, fantasy music with, like uh, I, I did Tim? Not, I, I knew of them. I had met them all, you know, but I, I had never really worked with them because I didn't do anything with their band. Right. Well, it was the Rumblers or whatever it was. Rumblers. Yeah, yeah. They were very good. Yeah. They were very, very yeah. good. They they were top-notch players. Mark uh, Bumgarner, I think, was the yes. bass player. He's still around. Still yeah. very good. Yeah, I wish people understood the history that is in this area because it, it, it 
if people start getting around into music and they say, oh, we got these great bands. Oh, we've already had great bands. You just yeah. got, you're just not aware of it yet. That's right. <laughs> um, let's talk about the name Pudding Stone. Okay. And why the name Pudding Stone? Well, it was accidental. <laughs> uh, we were, when we were a trio, uh, the flautist and mm-hmm. the harpist and myself, we were trying to come up with a name because at that time it was just a duo, just Mike and me. We were playing in Mike's girlfriend's house. <laughs> And her name was Pat, so we called it Patty's Pals, and we were rehearsing there. And the reason we rehearsed there partly was because the only place we had to rehearse, and secondly, because it was a big wooden room, and so the dulcimer and the harp would just reverberate off these walls. It sounded really good. You know, it's oh, your okay. own reverb is what it was. Sure, and it sounded great. But then we added the third person. We felt like we needed to change it from Patty's Pals to something else. Uh, the flautist's mother worked for a uh, furniture uh, retail store, mm-hmm. and she came across a address called Puddingstone. And she just called and said, that's a pretty name. And I liked the name immediately, having no idea what it meant. And so we took the name. We just adapted it, not knowing what it was. Well, it wasn't until about a year or so later that I happened to pick up a magazine that was a engineering magazine, and right on the front of it, it said, uh, the argument... Uh, of why not to build the Golden Gate Bridge on Puddingstone. Well, then I began to really search, well, what does Puddingstone really mean? Well, Puddingstone happens to be a real stone, but it, it exists out of compression of minerals and mud and whatever else might be, and sits at the bottom of oceans and deep lakes and bays like in California. And so there was an argument you couldn't build and sink these pillars down on top of Puddingstone. But actually did, because obviously they built the bridge, and, it, and it's right. still there. You know, so it worked. The Indians in western North Carolina would mine pudding stone out of lakes and thought it was a healing stone because each one is completely different. So they each had their own soul. That was the, the relationship they made to it, right. kind of like stars in the sky kind of thing. Here it is, it's different stones, you know. And you can go up to western North Carolina and buy it in some of the mining shops up there. It's quite pretty, and each one exactly is different. There's no you move just an inch to the side; it doesn't look like the one you just came from. Hmm. See, I I thought pudding stone was like a, an English term for like a a weird muffin. Well, I would have thought something <laughs> like that too. And and the neat thing about it is that pudding stone really means conglomerate. Well, if you look at the band, that's exactly what we are. Historically, we can have done and can still do anything. From medieval music, Renaissance music. I even had a fife and drum corps at one time that we carried over into Pudding Stone. Uh, folk music, Celtic, jazz, bluegrass, classics. We can do it all. So when you try to label us, it doesn't work. It doesn't, but there's a lot of people in this area that would refer to you as that Christmas band. Well, we seem to be very popular at Christmas time. Right. I think one of the values in Pudding Stone or the thing that I see about it that when each person comes into the group, and new people included, it's a different soul. And so that person brings their own way of thinking about music to us. And so we reflect that musically. One of the things we try to do is not play the music based on personalities. A lot of music you hear is based on that person's personality. 
maybe fast or driving hard because that person's sort of fast and driving, or it might be slow and kind of depressed because that person's kind of slow and depressed. We try to look at a piece of music for the sake of the music and let it play itself. We just happen to be the instruments of that music. Right. So take a tune and we'll break it down to just bare essentials and then start building from that based on what each person feels from their own heart right. can go into it. And that comes up with unusual arrangements that um, I think, I mean, just my own personal opinion, I think are very are stellar. Um, sometimes we don't do as well as others. Sometimes we produce things that shock me how pretty it is. Right. Well, you guys have very rich textures. I am a, an audio engineer. I have a studio at home as well, and I'm very critical of recordings uh, for that reason. Uh, and I love to work with textures. And Denise and I, uh, to the audience, we're talking about Denise Baxter Yoder again. Uh, we're in a songwriting class together last year, and I had the privilege of hearing some recent Pudding Stone music. And uh, it was very organic. Uh, I want to call it wooden. That's the way I like to refer to it as. It was very, very pretty. That, and I think that's a, a good way to be able to describe the music that I have heard at Pudding Stone, regardless of whether it's Christmas music or whether it's any of the other genres that you're playing. Um, and while I'm talking about that, why don't we let the audience hear what we're talking about and go ahead and, and listen to a track? Uh, I'd love for them to. All right, let's do it.
We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. Hey, we'll get right back to our interview in just one second, but of course it is time for Chad's Playlist. And as a special treat, I'm going to turn this over to our engineer, Chris, and we're going to do Chris's Playlist. Chris, take it away. Thanks, Chad. A band that I've kind of been following for a while now is uh, Miniature Tigers. They have two albums out, and they're about to release a third in 2012 that'll be called Mia Pharaoh. Their other two are Tell It to the Volcano and Fortress, both of which are really good. I recommend you check them out. They're kind of pop music, but with lots of nice irony and indie vibes as well. So uh, give a listen. Dr. Abernathy, I want to ask you about your studio. We started, uh, I built their first studio for them 20 years ago or 25 years ago, I guess. And at that time, as you know, having your own studio, the industry has changed tremendously. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are still big recording studios out there with the multi-million dollar machines to do things with. And there's no question how wonderful those machines are. Right. But home studios have become a big thing because the electronics have developed so far that you can get wonderful recordings Mm -hmm. sitting in your own home. Right. And that's what sort of happened to us. This band, because it has so many eclectic instruments from rackets and crumb horns and things used in the 1600s and on and back in even into the 1100s, accompanied with synthesizers used in the 21st century, um, it's a hard group to move from one place to the other to record. Even to set up for a concert takes us hours and hours of putting wires together and miking these ancient instruments just right and blending them with the modern instruments. So we decided, or I decided, it's too hard to try to run a practice as I was doing and the others working as they were doing and be in somebody's studio 40 miles from home or 50 miles from home until 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. So we said, we'll build our own studio. So that's what we did. So what was your first? Uh, the first thing that we had was reel-to-reel. Really? Yeah. Did you get it from Glenn? Uh, uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, uh, you I got know, my eight first track, one. Reel yeah. to reel is what it was, yeah. and that's when we were trio. Was it a quarter inch, half inch? Yeah, and then and then we moved out of reel to reel and went to so it was all analog right. in terms of input, um, and then we moved out of the the final mix was in digital, and we we had a, a Sony. I forget what the name of that thing was now. I'm sorry, I can't remember it because it's been sitting on a shelf for twenty some years, but it was a mix down to an RDAT. 
tape. Oh, right, right. And that was a digital tape. That's right. And that's what we sent then to the manufacturer. Right. And then we moved into the Elisa's 8-track digitals. Is that the ADATs? Uh, the ADATs. Sure. We had two of those, and we recorded into that. And it wasn't a matter of a couple of years where they were passe, and we moved into a Tascam uh, 24-track. Was this an actual, uh, like a like a Porter Studio-style unit, the Tascam? It, it was it set in a rack. And, uh, I know what you're talking about. Had a had a almost like a DVD-type. Mm-hmm. Recording device for it, right? And, and we still had the analog uh, Tascam uh, mixer input. It was a forty-eight input mixer for us, right? And then we went from that into this Tascam recorder, mm-hmm. and then that was mixed down by a fellow by the name of Josh Sacco, who I can't say enough about. Josh is an engineer that works in Charlotte, and. Um, uh, for the ground crew, I think is who he still works for. Hmm. It was a big recording group up there. And I met Josh when we were playing with the symphony, Western Piedmont. He was recording them. And he just fell in love with Puddingstone. And so he would travel from Charlotte to our recording sessions to record us. And he was our engineer. And then the latest thing we've done is we finally got out of that, and the last two albums have been recorded off of software. Now everything's gone to, we use um, Apple... Um, Logic. Logic. Yeah. Excuse me, I could have drawn a blank there. Yeah, Logic. Mm-hmm. And we have, you know, the big Apple machines there and our, synth- our uh, computers, mm-hmm. and we record now into a straight digital. So now we're digital, digital, digital. Sure. Digital input, digital record, and digital output, you know. Now, do uh, do other people get to come in and use the studio, or is it strictly a police We have stone? not done that, partly because I'm not a recording engineer. Right. I have recorded, I think I recorded Alan Finley one time in his vocal group. Right. You know. The acapella group? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. in one of the studios. And I recorded lots of children who were looking for scholarship money to give them a DV, I mean a CD in order to send off to the schools or take with them to the schools. Mm-hmm. So I've done that, not at, for any uh, pay. I just did that free for them. Sure. So they would have a chance to get out there. Um, but I have not recorded other groups because I just simply, I don't know how to use that software. I buy it. You know, kind of being a physician, the one thing that's happened to me, I've been sort of the sugar daddy for the group at one time when we had business and uh, bought all these things for everybody to use. Right. But I have never tried to profit from it, uh, but partly because I just don't have enough know-how to run the machinery. It's a, a learning curve. Well, the Logic software that you're referring to is very popular, uh, not just with Apple users or Mac users, excuse me, <laughs> but uh, singer-songwriters because yeah. it's built to be a singer-songwriter tool. Yeah. So, uh, and I haven't had the luxury of working with that. I've worked in Pro Tools, uh, I've worked in Cubase, but I haven't tried the Logic yet because uh, I'm, I'm PC-based. Yeah. I, I just heard the hisses come from the listening audience. <laughs> One day I'll switch. Well, maybe if I can retire sometime, I can use this stuff I've bought all these years. But right now it's just there for the production of Pudding Stone, but I have to get other people to come actually run it. Right. So how often does Pudding Stone get together just to rehearse? Every Monday night. Oh, really? Yeah, we rehearse every Monday night, and we've been doing that for 20-some years. Hmm. And we uh, are pretty much sticklers. If you're with the group, you're with the group. And uh, you get to take whatever we make, whether it be on albums or pay, 
uh, but you're there every Monday night because it is a consort to some extent. Sure. And you can't not not be there. You, we need your input. That statement I made earlier about your soul in that music has to be there. Otherwise, that's missing. Right. And the audience may not know it, but we know it. You know, I think the listeners know it, too. I'm really, really, really big, and I had this conversation earlier today on camaraderie within bands. Mm-hmm. Um, the band that I play for been together for 14 years this year, and uh, there's very little turnover. We, uh, we're, we're all very, very close friends. Um, the bands that I listen to on a regular basis, I have found that they also have a lot of camaraderie within the band. And there may be a leader, but that's just to, keep, uh, to give them focus. Uh, but everybody is pretty much an equal contributor. And that way, you really do have a unique formula. And that's, that's important. So what you're saying is the Pudding Song has the same um, essence. We do. And um, we have three original members that have been with it for 25 years. The others have turned over for various reasons, either moved away, death, changes in venue for their families, whatever. And that's the other thing about Pudding Stone. As Bill Wilson at Comma Center said about us one time, we're the best-kept secret in North Carolina. <laughs> Why? Because we have families, or we have jobs outside of music. Right. And we just can't drop what we're doing and fly to Kalamazoo tomorrow. Yeah, well, Denise doesn't have a job. Well, some <laughs> of them have retired now, you see. Oh, that's right. Denise is retired. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's changing. So Pudding Stone is beginning to change a little bit in that a lot of the members, including myself, are getting to an age where retirement would like to be possible. Then maybe we could play more. But at, up until this point in time, those of us who are teaching – or have our own business, we just can't leave it and go someplace to play. Well, for the listeners, uh, Pudding Stone has actually played uh, for our producer's wedding, yes. May Margaret Baker, and uh, her husband, Wes. And also, uh, the studio here that we're in right now is in the Jackson Group building down in the dungeon called the uh, Jackson Group Interactive, and you play for the grand opening of this facility as well. Yes. And I have to mention that, otherwise they will hit me. <laughs> they'll, they'll do it. They hit me, and they use big sticks, too, bigger than me, which is not saying a lot because I'm about the size of an ant. <laughs> um, I was really hoping that the Pudding Stone name was going to be something from an English derivative because I had a whole skit that I was going to do, but it's not really funny because I'm not really good at uh, English accents, but I was going to do it on a whim, but we'll, we'll, we'll spare the audience with that one. Um, I'll tell you what, um, I appreciate you coming in today, David. I, I feel funny calling you David because you no, worked no, hard no, for no. your doctor. That's my name. <laughs> well, uh, th- thank you for coming in and talking to us today. Sure, I've and, enjoyed it. And giving us a little bit of the history of Pudding Stone. Hopefully this will help expand the, uh, the, uh, the fan base even more. Well, I, I, I hope so. We, we don't do a lot of honking of our own horn. We just sort of play by invitation. But we've had really great gigs. Absolutely. That makes a big difference. <laughs> Since it is the season to be jolly, uh, and let's, uh, let's take it out on a Merry Christmas, and why don't you give us a song to, uh, to listen to? Sounds great to me. Thank All you right. for having me. Thanks, David. Thank you.
jingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Come on, it's a great time for a sleigh ride with you. Let's take that road there and sing a chorus or two. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride with you. Thanks for listening. You got a question or suggestion for the mesh? We now have the mesh line, 828-619-0048. You got a question or comment? Just use that number. Or you can email us at info at themesh.tv. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.